Hey, how, how's everybody doing today? Good, good. Let's turn to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. We're working backwards now. Before we do that, though, I wanted to, uh, I got um, an urgent prayer request. I thought we'd uh, take time to pray. For uh, some of you may know Chuck Pierce, who was the pastor at um, West Kingston, Kingston Baptist Church for many years, and uh, it says, um, he says, our 20-year-old grandson, Hunter Pierce, was involved in an automobile accident on Friday night. He was trapped in a car underwater for several minutes, and he's in a coma at Yale New Haven Hospital. So that's pretty, that's pretty scary. It's very scary. So I thought we'd just stop and pray for, uh, for him and... And uh, let's stop now. Father, thank you for your grace and your mercy. And, and we do thank you that you answer our prayers, you hear our cries. And we join this family uh, for this young man, Lord, who's 20. And, and uh, we just pray you would miraculously rescue him uh, from this physical problem that he's having right now, Lord. Uh, we pray you'd speak to our hearts today as well through your word, by your spirit, and through uh, our fellowship together, Lord. We, we thank you that we could be here today in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Let's read Colossians chapter 3, verses 15 through 17. It says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. And let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father through Him. I want to talk about thanksgiving. I just want to talk about, really, about saying thank you. And, and this time together is kind of our family time. You know, we all got together, or, or many of us did. We got together with somebody, hopefully. And uh, we probably should announce that if you don't have anybody to go to be with, then let someone know, and we'd love to have you join one of us. Anyways, to be thankful for so we have so many things to be thankful for. And what I want to do is, is right now I want, you see on the back of your bulletin there where it says um, notes, I might have taken the notes part out, but I want you, I want you to just take a minute right now, and if you, have, if you need a pen, um, We'll, we'll help you find one. we got some pens in the back, too. I want you just to, to look at what it says there um, and write, like, four things for each one, four persons or persons, places or things. And we're going to get back to these later at the very end. But I want you to take just a minute and, and write some of these things down. It, maybe you can only think of one or two. That's okay, too. Um, and this is not a test. You're not going to be graded. This is really uh, uh, for you and for me. So take a minute. I've, wrote, I've already written. I've taken some time to write a few of these things down already. And then we'll pick it up. Just take a couple of minutes, okay? If you need a pen, let Nick know. He's the man. I want to ask a question today. <clears throat> and I asked this question of my uh, grandkids, a couple of them anyways. What are the hardest words to say? I'm going to ask you that question. What, do you, what first comes to your mind? What are the hardest words to say? 
Sorry is up there number one, especially when you're talk, talking to grandkids. But you know, I think it doesn't stop at grandkids. Thank you is another one. I was wrong. Oh, that's. Did you have to say that? But you say it anyways. What else? Hardest words to say. Think, huh? I love you can be hard. Yeah, that's a good one too. I didn't write that one down. It's good. Will you forgive me? It's hard to get those words out. Just clench your teeth like, will you forgive me? I will forgive you. And that's good too. I will forgive you. Yeah, that's excellent. What else? What's one you're always teaching your kids to say? Please. Give me that, give me that bread. Excuse me? I didn't hear a thing you said, is what, we, is what I do. Will you help me? I need help. Pretty hard to say that. That's when you go to the mechanic, right? Here, take my money. You know, we could come up with probably a bunch more, but, but you know, some of these things are really so, they're, they're so hard to say, but they're so important. You know, say, I'm sorry. You know, uh, I think being married 36 years, I think one of the keys, I think, is being able to say I'm sorry and to forgive has kept the marriage, can keep a marriage together. When you can't say you're sorry, it means you, don't, you never do anything wrong. And when you can't forgive the other person, well, then, you know, you're stuck right there and you're going to be stuck there forever. So, but this isn't a... Uh, talk about um, being sorry, because some of you are awfully sorry as it is. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Just trying to loosen you up a little bit here. So some of these things are so hard to say, though, and I don't even know why is it. Why is it so hard to say some of these things? Is there any reason? Pride is like fits in there. Pride. Fear is another good one, yeah. Vulnerability. Pardon? Vulnerability. Vulnerability. You don't want to let anybody, that's, that's part of fear too. I think you don't, you're afraid, you don't want to let anybody know like what's really going on. What else? Accountability. Accountability, yeah. I don't want nobody telling me what to do. But you know, these are, these are just. They're so basic, these things. They're just family things, right? We should learn them, and, and we should learn them in families, right? That's where most of these things are learned, in the context of a family. And, of course, our family's been under attack for, you know, how many years now? Of course, the family's always been under attack, but I think especially in the last, say, 40 or 50 years, the family has been eroded, and, and uh, so, so, many, so many of these things we just don't learn. We're never taught. We're never... Um, Taught how to just express the simplest of things, and so we just walk around, and we're and we're bummed out, and we're we're blocked off, and we're in isolation, because we're afraid to say some of these things. It's just common courtesy, some of them. It's just manners. It's, it's some of those things. So, what's that got to do with Thanksgiving? Well, really, it's thank thank you is one of those words that we sometimes we we're not willing to just say, and it's so easy to say. I you know. One more thing, just talking about marriage. Um, let's make this a marriage seminar. No. Um, <clears throat> one of the things that was really hard for me when we were first married to say was, 
let's pray. To stop and say, let's pray about this problem. Especially when you're in the middle of having this, like, argument. Like, you're about to kill each other and, like, let's pray. Like, I don't think so. That's not going to work. But that, I have found that, you know, it was so hard for me to say that, even when you're not in the middle of an argument, but it's so hard for me to say that. But, but to overcome that and say, you know what, they're just two words. So what is so hard about saying two words? Get, I don't want to say that cliche, but you know what I was going to say, right? What? There you go. Thank you. So to just say thank you, why is that so hard? Because we're just people. We're human. But we're celebrating. We just celebrated Thanksgiving. It's over as far as the big turkey part of it. Maybe you still have leftovers. And, and, but the idea of Thanksgiving, you know, did we give any thanks during this time? Or did you just like, man, that's great turkey. I love it. But, but, but this idea of giving thanks. We read it here in this verses in, in Colossians chapter 3. Three times in a row he's talking about being thankful. He's talking about being grateful. He's talking about giving thanks to God the Father through him. So I just wondered about that. And, and he say, well, I don't really have anything to be thankful. That's why I wanted you to write something down to see. You know, he says there in, in verse uh, 15, and be thankful. To be thankful, to be, to be grateful. Now, you can say that that's kind of like a state of being, right? I'm a, I'm a thankful person. But you know what? I, I don't think that that really goes far enough personally. I think, I, think, I think to be thankful needs to go somewhere. And thanksgiving, it's in the, it's in the word that, that you're giving thanks and you're giving it. So you're giving it and there's a direction that it's giving. Well, I'm, I'm thankful to my lucky stars, you know, that I have, that, I, that I'm healthy enough to get up out of bed today, you know, uh, or, or kind of what we do too, and, and you may not agree with this, but we, we kind of thank ourselves. I thank myself that, I'm, that I did so well on that. Thank me, you know? you know. You don't walk around saying that, but that's what it gets down to, thank me. And it's very self-centered, very selfish, but really to... to you know, to be thankful to people, and where I'm going with this, of course, is to be thankful to God, to give thanks to God. Now, how do we say thank you to people? What are some of the ways that we can say thank you? To say it. Yeah, say it. Okay, if you can't say it, what else can you do? Call them on the phone. People still use phones for that? Are you serious? You can send a card. People still send cards? Email. Or the lowest common denominator? Text. But, you know, you kind of go down the chain, right? You have, a, you have a personal phone call, you know, where you actually say the words to them, and even face-to-face is even better and then a phone call, and then it kind of goes like down the step, down the ladder. Not that those other things are bad, because I use them as well, to say thank you for this and for that. I guess, I guess it's, what the important thing is that we would actually do it. Well, maybe you can't say it. I remember my mother and I used to fight. Well, actually, we still do. And, uh, and I love my mother. And... Uh, but sometimes we just couldn't, like, talk to each other. But if we wrote something down, 
we could actually like communicate because you know sometimes it helps sometimes it helps the the word in the bible now for for thanks in the hebrew language it includes this idea to revere or worship with extended hands and in the greek uh, language the word means to express gratitude to express gratitude so you express it and 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 of course in the hebrew language they you know when they were you know that particular definition is speaking about we're not revering or worshiping another human being of course it's speaking about directing thanksgiving to god the creator give thanks to the lord I think we should be giving thanks to each other, and I, and I really think we should be giving thanks to God. And that's kind of what, what I, I don't have a lot to say this morning, but, but that's the point. That's the message, to say thank you. It's not that hard. It really isn't that hard. Go ahead and say it with me. Thank, thank you. Oh, that was pretty lame. <laughs> Let's try one more time. Thank, thank you. you. See, now that was, that was pretty easy. Almost every one of you did it, except you. Did you say it? Yeah, you. She's turning red now. You know, <clears throat> in the book of Acts chapter 17, uh, I've got it on the screen for you. They, they, Paul went to the city of Athens, and, and you know, it, it was insane there. They had all kinds of stuff going on, but they didn't really know what they were worshiping what they were supposed to say thank you to. There was confusion. Paul went there and he goes like, what is going on here? It says he, he stood up in the midst, in the meeting of the Areopagus, and he said, men of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious, for as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription to an unknown God. He said, now what? You worship as something unknown. I am going to proclaim to you. And Paul began to proclaim about the Almighty God, the Creator. He said, the one who created all this. You don't need to be in the darkness. You know, again, you don't just thank the higher power. You thank the Almighty, the living God, Yahweh, the one who created it all. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We know. We have the truth. We know. We've been given the truth in the Scripture. So to say thank you to people is not always that easy to do. You know, to say thank you to God, I don't know why that would be so hard to do. Maybe I understand with people, you know, we're, we're, we're afraid and all that stuff, but, but what about with God? Why would it be so hard to say thank you to God? doesn't seem to make sense to me, but that's the way we are. We're human beings. And I, and I want to think about it. So when we say thank you to God, there, there are really three ways that I um, was thinking um, to say thank you to God. Number one is, is to pray, a prayer. Simply talking to Him. That's what prayer is. You know, it's not a, it's not a, it doesn't have to be a written out prayer and you know, so completely theologically perfect Say, well, how's your prayer life? You know, and that, you know I, I think that's a good question to ask, but it's, it's, it sounds so formal, like your prayer life. Like, what is that? Some people would say, well, I don't even know what you're talking about. What's your prayer? How's your prayer life like? That's some of the language that we use. Basically, what we're talking about here is, do you talk with God? 
Do you have a conversation with him? Are you, are you, are you, you know, listening to him and, and then, you know, talking to him, not talking back to him in that kind of sense, you know? Well, sometimes we do, I guess, but to, to have this conversation. It's simply talking. It's a, it's a conversation between a person. God is a person. He's a personal God, and, and between us as people, to have this conversation with him. So, so when you say, what's your prayer life like? Is, do, are, you, are you spending any time just talking to God? The scripture talks about praying always, right? Praying at all times. Well, how do you do that? Well, it's just kind of like an attitude of our hearts where, where we're talking to him. It's not, we're always, it's not we're always somewhere, you know, down on our knees, and that's the only way we can talk to God. You can talk to God when you're driving a car. Just don't close your eyes. You know, no one ever said that you have to close your eyes when you pray anyways. There's only, there's only one reason that we do that, right? It doesn't say anywhere. I don't even know if it says it in the Bible that you have to close your eyes to pray. There's only one reason that I can think of that we do that, and what's that? To, to stop the distractions and shut out the stuff around us. But you can pray when you're driving, you can pray when you're walking, you can pray when you're, when you're working, you can pray at all these different times. And, and to have this conversation with God and, and a prayer is, is so key. But this part of this, you know, where we, where we say thank you to him. God, thank you. God, thank you. And you say, well, I don't have anything to be thankful for. Well, I think you do. I really think you do. I think every one of us does. We've got something to be thankful for. It might only be the fact that you have coat on today that you can wear. Or maybe that it's warming up because today is warming up and you don't have a coat. So you can be thankful that it's warming up because you don't have a coat, right? It's going to be like 80 today, I think. <laughs> Isn't it? So just talking to him and saying thank you to him, there's so much to be thankful for. Uh, you know, how many of you have trouble sleeping at night? I think it's an age thing, really. Um, so one of the things I'm so thankful for, when I have trouble sleeping at night and then I go to sleep and I wake up and I realize that I went back to sleep, the first thing I say is, oh, thank you that I was able to go back to sleep. I'm not saying thank you before I go back to sleep. I'm saying thank you after. There's so many things that we can, that we can be thankful for. And, you know, we, we say, well, you know, we, we have our food and we, we say grace. And that's kind of a word that is reflective of a, of a, of a Greek word, um, eucharisto, and, and the, which comes from the word charis, which is the word grace, which is why we say grace at the table, right? It's all related to this idea of saying thank you. And, and so we say that, and we, we stop, and we say, Lord, thank you that you've given us some food to eat on this table today. Now, it may not be much, or it may not be what you like, but thank you that, that I've got something to eat today. Thank you that I, that I have a pair of shoes, that I have a car, that I have a place to live. Thank you that, you know, so many different things, and, and perhaps you've written some of them down. Thank you that I have a friend. Thank you that I have a job. Thank you that I have someone I can talk to. Thank you that I have a phone that I can call somebody. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So, but it's directed somewhere. You see, it's directed towards God, that God provides, He provides all these things for us to enjoy, to say thank you to Him. How do you feel when someone says thank you to you? Appreciated. You feel appreciated. <laughs> makes you feel good and makes you maybe even smile. Mm -hmm. 
like someone says thank you and you go like wow um, one of my granddaughters again she she helped make the pumpkin pie right that's what I heard and she said to me she comes over and like whispers to me they're gonna, we're gonna pass out the pumpkin pie and make sure they know that I helped make it <laughs> you know it's like so so someone could say thank you and when someone said thank you to her it's like she like lit up like a Christmas tree right like because you said thank you. So when you see her, say, wow, that was a nice pumpkin pie. <laughs> you got to know which one it is. Though, don't you? I'm not telling. <laughs> so a prayer, just simply talking to him, just speaking it. Number two is a song. It's a song. A song is a way to say thanks, thanks to God. And that's why we sing songs. We don't sing songs. You're just going to like, we're going to like... Uh, uh, well, we just like music, and we're just going to, like, uh, get the crowd all, uh, you know, uh, ready for the sermon. Have you, you heard that kind of language? The music just to get everybody ready for the sermon, and then we're going to preach, and then we're going to do all this stuff. No, we sing because we like to sing, and, and in the songs are songs of worship and thanks to God. And that's what it says in this verse here, doesn't it? What does it say there? It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all the wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. These songs that we sing, these psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, they, they're part of being thankful, being, expressing that to God. Uh, do I want to put in a, do I, am I tempted to put a plug in here for some of you that are afraid to sing? You know, it's just an avenue of saying thank you to God. You know, it's not anything scary. It's wonderful. Okay, maybe the songs will get into your heart and your mind, and maybe you're going to sing them at home in the shower. I, I don't really care where you sing. I just know that songs are important in being thankful to God. Music is important. It's an avenue. It's a, it's a vehicle to be thankful to God. Don't, you know, go get some good worship CDs. You know, if you don't know which ones to get, that, uh, ask somebody or, or, or tune into, a, you know, K-Love or, 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 or find music. Let music be a part of your life. It's a good way to say thank you to God because it, it kind of brings this thing out. The third thing is something I've already mentioned here is that we, we, we write it down, something that's written down. We're going to look at a couple of Psalms here very quickly we're going to go through a couple of psalms and, and see things that were written down because they wrote these things down and it came out of their hearts. Yeah, these particular things that were written down were inspired by the Holy Spirit because they became a part of our, our what we call our Scripture, our Bible, the Word of God. But really, it's also these hearts that were expressing their lives before God. So let's turn to Psalm 107, first of all. It's kind of a long psalm, but... We're not going to look at every, uh, talk about every verse, but, but I want to uh, read it because it's one of, actually it's one of my favorite psalms <clears throat> to turn to because it has like all different types of situations. And you say, well, I can only be thankful to God when things go good. Well, you know what? That's not always right. We need, we, you know... All things work together for, for good to those that love God and that are called according to His purposes. We, we can't just be thankful in the good stuff. 
Because God knows what he's doing. He's, he's working it out. And, and sometimes some of the bad stuff, as we're going to see in these verses, are our own fault anyways. But let's look at Psalm 107, verse 1. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. And his love endures forever. You know, that's enough of a reason right there. You know, if, if, he, if we wanted to stop and say, well, why should I give thanks to the Lord? Though, that's enough right there, verse 1. For he is good and his love endures forever. He's going to love you and me forever. That's enough. But it doesn't stop there. Let the redeemed of the Lord say this, those he redeemed from the hand of the foe, those he gathered from the lands from the east and west, from north and south, some, some wandered in desert wastelands, finding no way to a city where they could settle. They were hungry and thirsty, and their lives ebbed away. I like that language. Their lives ebbed away. And then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way to a city where they could settle. Let them give thanks to the Lord for His unfailing love and His wonderful deeds for men. For He satisfies the thirsty, and He fills the hungry with good things. God answered their prayers. God heard their cries. They cried out to the Lord in their trouble. They were wandering. Maybe, maybe in these verses we're looking at in Psalm 107, maybe you see your life. And I know at different times I've seen my life in, in different parts of this. And, and you can say, well, yeah, but look what God does. And let them give thanks to the Lord for His unfailing love and, and the fact that He hears your cry. Look at verse 10. It says, some sat in darkness in the deepest gloom. Prisoners suffering in iron chains. Maybe that... Maybe that sounds familiar, but verse 11 says, For they had rebelled against the words of God and despised the counsel of the Most High, so He subjected them to bitter labor. They stumbled, and there was no one to help. And then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and He saved them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness in the deepest gloom, and He broke away their chains. Let them Give thanks to the Lord for His unfailing love and His wonderful deeds for men. For He breaks down gates of bronze and cuts through bars of iron. That's the God that we serve. That's the God that we can be thankful to. Maybe you're facing that darkness and deepest gloom. Maybe, maybe you brought it on yourself and maybe you didn't. But God will hear your cry. They cried out to the Lord, it says, again. How about verse 17? For some became fools through their rebellious ways and suffered affliction because of their iniquities. They loathed all food and drew near the gates of death. And then they cried to the Lord in their trouble. And He saved them from their distress. And He sent forth His word and He healed them. He rescued them from the grave. Let them give thanks to the Lord for His unfailing love and His wonderful deeds for men. Let them sacrifice thanks offerings, thank offerings, and tell of his works with songs of joy. They cried to the Lord in their trouble, and what did he do? He heard their cry. He answered them. Let them give thanks to the Lord. Verse 23, and others went out to sea in ships. They were merchants on the mighty waters. They saw the works of the Lord. His wonderful deeds in the deep, for He spoke and He stirred up a tempest that lifted high the waves. They mounted up to the heavens and went down to the depths. In their peril, their courage melted away. They reeled and staggered like drunken men. They were at 
their wits end. Any of you ever feel that way? Your courage is melted away and you're at your very wits end. Like, I, I don't know, I, can, I can't go any further. I can't do any more. I can't, I can't make it. That's like, I, I've read that verse so many times. It's like, I've been there. But it doesn't just stop there. God just doesn't say, well, I hope you, you know, find your way out. Good luck. And, uh, you know, when, you, when you're feeling better, you know, we'll talk. No, it says, then they cried out to the Lord, verse 28, in their trouble. Not after they got out of it, but in their trouble. And he brought them out of their distress. He stilled the storm to a whisper. Don't you love that? He stilled the storm to a whisper. And the waves of the sea were hushed. And they were glad when it grew calm. And he, des- and he guided them to their desired haven. Let them give thanks to the Lord for His unfailing love and His wonderful deeds for men. Let them exalt Him in the assembly of the people and praise Him in the council of the elders. They were glad when it grew calm. He guided them to their desired haven. Those are powerful words. And maybe your life is a total chaos. But, you know, I just, I know this by experience. When your life is just completely blown apart, you go and cry out to the Lord. Get apart with Him and cry out to Him and and you just see what He will do. I've seen Him do this. Still the storm in my life to a whisper and make it quiet. Incredible. Let them give thanks to the Lord for His unfailing love. Let them give thanks to the Lord for His unfailing love. I want to turn now to Psalm 23 as well. One of the most of course, well-known psalms, Psalm 23. say, well, that's not a psalm of thanksgiving like Psalm 107 is and, and like Psalm 100 is. But you know what? When I read this, I, I, see, I see persons, places, and things in there to be thankful for. I see the, a heart of thankfulness coming out of David, this shepherd boy who became king who knew what he was talking about. But let's just look at each verse because there's only six verses. And, and, uh, and, and what does it say there about person, place, and thing? And, and, and see if we can pick them out of there. In verse 1, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. What do we have there in terms of person, place, or thing? Anybody? The Lord is the person, right? To be thankful for that the Lord is in my life. What else? Person, place, or thing? Don't need anything, which means what? That God's going to provide. He provides. He's a shepherd. He's like a good shepherd. Jesus said he was the good shepherd. The shepherd takes care of the sheep, right, and gives them what they need to, to eat, a place to stay, protection from the wolves, from the, from the enemies. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. This is a psalm that I think we should memorize. We should all memorize this psalm. It's not that hard. It took me a long time, but, but I finally got it. And, and this is a psalm that you can think about in the middle of the night. How about a, a, anything else there? Person, place, or thing? Person, place, or thing? 
That's the next verse. Protection. How about verse 2 then? He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. We have a little trouble with the makes me part. Right? He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Person, place, or thing there. Green pastures, right? That's a place, right? Be thankful for the green pastures, but we're not often thankful for it because it says he makes me lie down in the green pastures when I don't really want anybody making me do anything because I am the master of my own destiny. I'm the boss of me. You're not the boss of me. Right? Have you ever heard that before? You're not the boss of me. Oh, yes, I am. Turn around. <laughs> he makes me. Why, why would he make us do something? That's a thing. Can you be thankful that God would actually make you do something? Yeah, why, why would he do it? Because he knows. He knows what we need. He knows what's best. And if God makes you do something, you better believe he's got a good reason for it, right? So to say thank you, God, that you are going to take care of my life. You're going to make me. If I, if, it needs, if I need to be made to do something, then you're going to make me do it. And, and, and to be thankful even for that. See what I'm saying here? In the middle of this psalm, to be what, what, what could he be thankful for? What else there? Person, place, or thing? Two persons? Two persons? He and me. He and me. I like that. He and me. You know, at the end of the day, and at the end of our lives, that's what it gets down to. He and me. I don't care how many, you know, big your family is. I don't know how many, you know, friends you have or anything. But at the end of the day, and if you've been around people who are passing out of this world into the next world, it, it get, becomes very quiet. And there's not a lot of communication between that person and you because really it's what it's getting down to right then is he and me. Me and the Creator. So we need to be ready for that, right? David says it here, he, he and me. What it gets down to. This is such a personal psalm. Lord, I'm, th- I'm thankful that I have this relationship between you and me, that, that we, can, we can talk, we can have a relationship. How about verse 3? He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Person, place, or thing. We missed a place in the last one, too. Quiet waters, still waters. What else in this verse, verse 3? Person, place, or thing? Pardon? Restoration. Do you ever, ever feel like you have, your soul needs to be restored? Are you ever, ever in that place? Or maybe you're like some people, you got it all together and you never need to be restored. Well, maybe I don't fit in then. Because just about every single day, I need to be restored. I need my soul restored. And he says, he restores my soul, that shepherd, the Lord, the Yahweh, the one that, that is there for me. He restores my soul. Can you be thankful that he restores your soul every single day? How how. Uh, frequently does he renew his mercies for you and for me? Every morning. They're new every morning. 
Can we be thankful that, that, that God is going to restore my soul? Oh, I'm, in a, I'm, in a, I'm in a state, and he restores my soul. What else? Person, place, or thing? A little inductive Bible study here, by the way. What? Paths. There's a paths, right. The Bible is, is, talks a lot about paths, doesn't it? The narrow path and the wide path. But he says that he's going to guide me in those paths, right? I can thank God that, that I don't have to know all the answers about where I'm going and what's ahead, though, you know, that's when we get into kind of trouble. When we try to figure it all out and we're going to try to make it all happen and we've got the master five-year plan and all that nonsense. But God is faithful to guide us and direct us. And, and we've already seen it here. He leads me. He guides me in His paths of righteousness, if we're willing to walk in His paths. But I thank God that, that, that He's faithful to, to show me the way. Because so often, I, I don't know about you, so often I do not have a clue which way to go. Do you ever feel that way? In a situation, I have no idea what to do here. And maybe that's just me. But he guides us. I'm so thankful that he does. How about verse number four? Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they come for me. That's, a, that's one of the most powerful verses in all the Bible, I think. You know what? Because we're all, work, we're all walking through the valley of the shadow of death. We are all walking through the valley of the shadow of death, whether it's someone around us or whether it's our own. Person, place, or thing. What do you see there? Shout it out. A valley, yeah, oh, I love valleys. Don't you? Especially the valley of the shadow of death. I just love valleys. But where does stuff grow? In the valley. San Joaquin Valley in California, one of the most fertile places uh, in the whole country. They call it the San Joaquin Valley, and, and anything grows there. Everything grows there. You go up, you know, 10,000 feet up on the mountaintop, what grows up there? Not much. You're not going to grow a whole lot of vegetables up there, I can tell you that. you got trees, and then you get a little higher and higher and higher, and then even the trees stop, and then nothing. The valley of the shadow of death. What else? What else in that verse? Person, place, or thing? Fear. Fear. Any of you ever face fear? No. We already talked about fear already. Someone mentioned it already. But fear, have you ever, have you ever fear, feel fearful? You ever feel like fear is just, I can't, I can't do it. I can't go. I'm just too, I'm too afraid. Fear has got a hold of me. But the answer to it is right here. And I, can, and I can say, thank you, Lord. You've given the answer. I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. That person, that God that he's with, it's, again, you and me, he and me. I'm not sure I like the, the things in the last part of the verse, so the rod and the staff. You ever think about that verse? The rod and the staff, they comfort me. How can you be comforted by a rod? 
And when he says rod here, he's talking about a rod, okay? Like they had two different things. One was like a stick kind of unit where they would, you know, hit the back of the sheep to keep them moving, and then the staff would kind of direct them, right? Two different kinds of tools. And I'm afraid to say we're kind of like sheep and we need both. True or not true? So to thank God for the, for the rod and the staff, because they comfort me, because what comes out of it is comfort in the end. I want to be comforted, but I don't always want the rod and the staff, but I don't, I don't always see how it's going to get to the comfort part, but God knows, and He's, he's, he's all-knowing. Verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. And my cup overflows. Person, place, or thing there. What do you see? A table. Yeah. What else? <laughs> Why? Not only a table, but enemies. And not only enemies and a table, but a table in the presence of the enemies, you see. Well, why can't my life be, you know, I'm all over here in a safe little protected spot, but yet enemies are around. He, he says it's part of life. Mm -hmm. For God's glory. We're never going to get away from all the enemies in this life. Our, our own, sometimes our enemy is ourselves, our own flesh. How are you going to get away from that? What else? Anybody else? The blessings there. What kind of blessings? The anointing of the head with oil. That's a, that's a picture there, isn't it? And, you know, when we anoint people with oil, we take a little drop and we put a little, you know, dab right there, a little dab will do you on the front. That's not how they anointed people with oil back then. They took a big jug of the stuff and they just like poured it all over the head. And it was just like, that's why it talks about it running into the Aaron's beard because they anointed him with oil and it was like, go everywhere. Can you imagine that? You're going to have a bad hair day. But I don't have to worry about that. But it's the anointing of the oil, the, you know, signifying the Holy Spirit and just the anointing of God in a, in a life. That God anoints us to do the things that He wants us to do. He just anoints us to, to serve Him. He doesn't say just do it. You say thank you for that. My cup overflows. Finally, the last verse, we're running out of time here. Verse 6, surely goodness and love or mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. How long? Forever. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Person, place, or thing. What do you see there? <clears throat> Go ahead and shout it out. Person, place, or thing. God's goodness. God's goodness. His love. What else? Forever. What does that talk to us about? The house of the Lord forever. It talks about heaven talks about eternal life, that we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know what? This world is not our home. Our citizenship is in heaven, and we're going to go and be there with Him 
one day and one day soon. So, so this is just a little exercise I thought that I wanted to do because I love these two psalms and, and to, to see that in them the heart of somebody who's thankful to God for so many things. You had another one? Faithfulness. All the days of my life, he's faithful. Totally, that is great. So we only have a couple minutes left, so I wanted to ask, I want you to pull out your piece of paper now, whether you had your uh, person, place, or thing, and I can't find mine now. Where did it go? Oh, here it is. Person, place, or thing, and, uh, you know, we, we have a lot to be thankful for, persons and places or things. Um, let me ask uh, somebody who uh, wrote down uh, something for thing. What do you have in number two? These are not in order necessarily, but number two. You answer all the questions. Go ahead. Number two. A mind to think and reason. Because we don't have a blind faith, we have a reasonable faith, and we can reason, and God has provided it for us. Uh, how about somebody else for number four over on this side? Under things. Yes. God's peace. The peace of God in our lives. That's incredible that we can be thankful for that. How about over on this side, a person? Uh, number one and over on this side uh, for a person. Somebody over here. Anybody should call on people. Somebody, number one over here. Anybody? Jesus. I mean, that's like a no-brainer, right? Should be anyways. How about number four on a person over here in the back? Number four. Your parents. Thankful for my parents. How about a place? Do you have any kind of a place that you're really thankful for? How about over here on this side, number, uh, number one that you're thankful for? Home. That, I love that word, don't you? I got a home. It's not about how big or small the house is. It's about a place that is special. That's awesome. How about over here, number two, uh, a place that is special to you that you're thankful for? Near the back there. Your job, the place, the place where you work, yeah. You've been there a long time too, huh? Long time. Patty? Your church, family, the church family, these people, this place where we gather together. I put that one under people just because it really is the people, right? Anybody else have one they wanted to share they haven't heard already? The seashore. seashore. Did you read my notes? I put the beach as my number one place that I love. I love the ocean. Maybe that's why God allowed us to come to the ocean state. Right? It's not for ocean state job lot. <laughs> Whatever. Our country. Yes. We've lost some of the stuff that we had, but it's still a good country. Still the best country on earth, I think. 
What else? Anybody else? Something special. Friends. Friends. I wish I had one, and I could relate to you. Actually, I, have, I do have some friends, and you're a friend. Friends. Where would we be without friends? Now, you say, well, I don't have any friends. Well, sometimes we've got to be a friend, right, to, to, yeah. to have a friend. And be thankful. The list could go on and on, but we are definitely out of time now. And, and I could be like some people who say, well, we're out of time, and then go on another 10 minutes. <laughs> and then you go, I'll be thankful when he just stops, <laughs> you know. Well, I'm thankful for you, and let's all stand and sing together, shall we, one, one final song? And uh, I think we got time for that. We can squeeze that in. Yeah, is that good?